Everybody and welcome to episode three forty six of the Sound Sons podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my uh, hollow co-hosts Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. And and much like our hollow selves, this week is the empty wallet edition of the cast. Um, it's the it's the cartoon "Open Your Wallet and a Fly Comes Out" edition. It's my my secret pouch and my. Threadripper pillow is uh, empty. It's the yeah, like uh, the the net liquidity of the nation is at an all time low, as it is every year around this time. It's all been converted into goods and or services. Uh, so yeah, uh, what the fuck was it? FTX. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's out on oh. bail. Uh, he he should he should get he should get away with it. You know what? He seems apologetic enough. Uh, simple mistake. He said he was sorry. Okay. I, you know they use. What more do you want from him? They use Quicken. Like it happens. They skip a few they... lines of code, and all of a sudden, poof! There's your billions of dollars gone. See, he he needed to stay in jail long enough for them to to punch his coupon card. Right after like five, he gets one free. Yeah, they just did. Just didn't have the the stamp at the at the prison where he was. The big question was who the fuck bailed him out? Who's got twenty five million dollars just just sitting around? And what he, what he bond companies? To. What bond companies gonna shell out the rest the rest of it? <laughs> like all the people who depended on him for their network. <laughs> Tom <he's>, Brady. <laughs> yeah. Junk bonds, nothing but junk bonds. <laughs> you know, you imagine well, if those bail bonds were backed by, <laughs> by FTX. Backed by uh, backed by FTX. Backed by a different crypto coin that he <laughs> made inside of prison. Jail. Doge. Jail it's called Do, Doja Doja FTX coin. <laughs> I got little NFT. Uh, amiibo characters of all my cellmates <laughs> made uh i got about five thousand of them selling for a grand a pop like he's this waiting is, to uh, commit his next financial crime by when the market dips so he breaks the terms of the his bail hands of a fiver colony <laughs> <laughs> oh boy you need to construct more pylons my dude and get back to league of legends because he was shit at it <laughs> Right. Oh, that's gonna be a movie someday. I can't wait. That's the that's the true nature of the the dystopian future we live in. Which League of Legends or FTX? Uh, still waiting for the League of Legends uh, movie to come out. Is there a currency uh, in League of Legends? Is there something you can tie to a Bitcoin? I would assume so. They're wait, it's, it's Skinnerware. They're it, trying to get something out. Yeah, of you. in the game or like in the lore? In the game. Uh yeah, riot points. <laughs> or uh what is it? Uh oh. Uh blue and orange incense. Essence. It's not incense. It's backed. <laughs> the the new coin is backed by uh Robux. Yeah, it's Oh, can it's we rough. make a Bitcoin whose value is determined by the number of characters on on all servers that are in the jungle at any given time? <laughs> yeah. 
ever changing. We'll get right on that. It's Jungle Coin. It's the it's the newest crypto scam. I hear I hear Trump's NFT sold out. Oh no, it should I'm, be bottom I'm, lane, so we can call it Botcoin. Botcoin, yeah, there we go. Yeah, then that that's uh, scams, man. What what do you? What's the deal with scams? What's the what's deal the, with why, not paying why your taxes? Why are trying to scam them? Huh? What's your big beef with the Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> I, they're they're probably pretty okay in character. I mean, it's the Christmas season. It's it's time to give to your local scam artist. You know, mm. when they call you up, make sure you buy whatever they're selling. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, the people. <laughs> I was gonna say, who make a... movie trailers want you to buy whatever they're selling mm-hmm. yeah. in Trey Watch. That's right. And we're going to be reviewing Trey Watch from our local studio live in whatever dystopian future Japan this is. I don't. I didn't catch a date, but we're uh, all going out. I think we're all going out and getting cybernetic upgrades after mm-hmm. this. So we can split our hands into a bunch of little diddlers. Here comes little, Diddle Kid. <laughs> little tweezer hands. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. We're gonna get into it. But uh, but first, we're gonna get into trailers. Um, surprising number of trailers. Despite it feel it felt like thin because it's the end of the year, but there's it enough is here. It's pretty thin. There's only like five. A normal amount of trailers for us. There are a couple of teasers in there too. Um, Oh, let's start off with with some of the ones that are are going to be generating the least amount of interest. Uh, yeah, book, book club. club, the next chapter. They they didn't book club. We don't have the deal with Fifty Shades anymore. The next, um, yeah, it's the it's the next installment in a surprisingly uh, robust genre of uh, films for horny old ladies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this, uh, is, this, if this movie was a T-shirt, it would be like, "I like wine and cheese, but I'm lactose intolerant." Just some yeah. awful thing like that. This, this is like a, this is like a Facebook ad that says, "You wouldn't get it. It's a grandma thing." But it, it did succeed in one thing, and that's getting the "Hey Mambo, Mambo Italiano" song stuck in my head. So. Gonna be humming that all day. Yeah, yes. and it's not even like the 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 cool club version. It's like some like weird laid back. I don't know. Probably the original recording. <laughs> Probably. You know, I can't even rag on this movie that much because my great aunt um, got married when she was like, oh, seventy something. A million years old. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, ah, don't need to know what's going on there. <laughs> Aren't gonna be needing uh, the jimmies. Uh, gonna support you, I guess, and welcome to the family, Denny. Uh, it's, yeah, super old guy. Somehow more old than her. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching. Lo- this. We love him. Yeah, I'm like I have no no trouble with the premise. I guess it's just the movie itself. I'm I'm watching this trailer right now, and there are literally like two types of sh- three types of shots. That this movie is going to have. There's the B-roll, a coverage. mid, a wide, and a close-up. <laughs> yeah, like the B-roll, wide shots, and yep. in the mid shots, they are always 
like four abreast. <laughs> That's the only blocking they're allowed yeah. to do. If they're not yep. all four of them in on you know on screen at the same time, then they don't get the the contracts off. That's the only way they, they don't appear. deserve to live. <laughs> I think the real question is: Does this pass the Bechtel test? Since they're all they're all females, and I, I think the answer is uh, no. It does not. I don't think even the Bechtel test passes the Bechtel test. Uh, but yeah, I love these types of movies because I just I just have to imagine a it's all a big ruse just to go on a, a paid vacation to some scenic oh, destination right. and like See, drink and just have a blast. I mean, they're they're not memorizing their lines. These these are just those are <laughs> recommendations on what they can say. I beg to and differ. they just. Fuck you. No. Yeah, I will. I'll <laughs> beg and I'll differ. Because um, I don't think this oh, I movie... thought you meant you would fuck him. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Not that oh, kind of show. Take off your pants right now. That's 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 for the next if trailer. I want your body. I'll fuck it. Right. Um, no, this movie doesn't have enough budget for them to go to Italy. <laughs> they, just oh, had, you think... they just had the B-roll from Italy and they all just stood on like a soundstage. <laughs> <laughs> you think there's a? You think if we look close enough, we can see maybe some Shutterstock um, uh, watermarks that have been uh, sloppily photoshopped out. One, one hundred percent. I mean, I'm looking at this last scene where it's it's the stu- it's the goofiest fucking framing where they're all behind the bars on like yeah on a high school uh, theater department set. I yeah. I'm so. This appears to be a sequel. Yes. Yes. Like Okay, so I I've, original... I've tracked down Book Club. Yeah, the original I do remember this movie. Yeah. yeah. The premise was like the mildly spicy premise was that old ladies were reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Except like Yeah. When you people who were reading the movie were like, "No, they're not." <laughs> they're it's obvious that the people who wrote the script for the book club didn't actually know anything that happened in Fifty Shades of Grey. Jane Fonda has like a, her career now is just this kind of movie between this and what was it? 80 for Brady. Mm-hmm. Like this is just all she does now. Yeah. These geezer teasers. <laughs> geezer teasers. These are the lady versions of the geezer teasers. <laughs> you got the yeah, other. Uh, it's brilliant in a way because you're tapping into that. As of yet, untapped <laughs> geezer market. Well, there's always a new generation of geezers that you gotta like really get their goat with, and these are, I think the, the new the new brand of geezers that they're like, oh yeah, Jane Fonda, I remember her. I remember the Mickey Avalon song, Jane Fonda. <laughs> and, you know, this is just uh, want... this is just a movie that you and your gal pals can go out to and. And hoot and holler over some uh, hunky Italian men. I'm sure there's going to be some B-roll footage of them going to a beach and having some speedo shenanigans. Or well, they they grope the cop. Yeah, yeah they definitely they sexually harass that man. I'm I'm glad that they end up in jail for that. So, oh, 100. Uh, the the budget for um the original book club was 14.1 million dollars. Awesome. Book Club 2, the next chapter, if I can find the budget, 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 
next chapter. I just the thing I think about always is like the Golden Girls was lightning in a bottle. It's 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 the standard. It's the Golden Girl standard. Well, mm. you know, I have to I have to disagree with you. I mean, in terms of quality, perhaps, but may I present to you the fact that Book Club had a $104.4 million box office off of a $14.1 million budget. I thought you were, for a second, I thought you were going to say it had a 104% fresh rating. It may, it may well. (laughs) Actually, well, the, the fresh rating does end in four, um, although it starts with five, not ten. <laughs> but it made money. It made <laughs> money. That's that's all it needs to do is make money, and they can just keep making these movies. Just like Blumhouse. Blumhouse going back to form here for their for their spooky January Paramount movie. Um, there's something wrong with the children. <laughs> Which is... What a what a great name for a movie. Yeah, just uh, this is another reason why you shouldn't have kids. If you don't have kids, your kids can't get possessed and try to kill you. True. Um, yeah, I didn't realize this was Blumhouse. Is this Blumhouse, or we're we just assuming? No, it's this Blumhouse? is literally. Oh, no, it's Blumhouse. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really have a whole lot. It's it's MGM Plus original film. So, you know, uh, tip-top production. They have found their kingdom, and they will rule from on high. Their kingdom is filler horror films for streaming services. You know, my, my my big beef with this is that, you know, this is fucking millennial parents, children of the corn. Mm-hmm. Is this really any more interesting than Duck Duck Goose? <laughs> no. No, I think we're all on the same page that Duck Duck Goose would be a far superior film. Like, and that's that's Duck Duck Goose. That's like I don't even think that's the top one of our of our binder over here. I would say you know you you probably would would buy higher on uh, Tic Tac Toe Corpses in a Row. Uh, you would, you you could be less high. Like I mean, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Death on over would probably be a couple spots below Duck Duck Goose. But this is a mid tier option we're we're talking yeah, about here. They have this, is and this would be below Rosie. Red Rover. <laughs> yeah, they sing "Ring Around the Rosie" in this, so they're they're you know it's an homage, an homage to us. Um, I'm glad they're at least taking our ideas somewhere in the writers' room. They know what's going on. Look, if you want to rip us off and not pay us royalties, I'll be upset. But at least, you know, a better movie will be made, and that'll make me feel happier in, in an abstract sense. Yeah. Just, just put our vision on screen. I know you have it. You have um, it. Yeah, they were they were unsuccessful in uh, securing the rights to the kids are all right from Dexter Holland and the rest <laughs> of the offspring. So they had the the pivot with the title and the soundtrack. It always makes me wonder where the hell they get these actors from, because they found the most Glenn Howerton, non Glenn Howerton actor, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's the guy from Always Sunny. Wait, what? Yeah. No, it isn't. 
Yeah. And yeah. I'm just right, picturing close. him throughout the entire movie. <laughs> I like, you know, IGN movie trailers does an interesting thing where they will put, like, the main headline, marquee stars, if you will, of the film in the title. Um, in this case, it's Alicia, Wa- Alicia uh, Wainwright yeah. and Zach Guilford, uh, two people I've never heard of before. <laughs> Which, yeah. So I'm guessing this is Zach Guilford as the um, Glenn Howerton lookalike. This is... Yeah. Turns out this is this just is exactly Dennis, and these are all his psychotic delusions. <laughs> this yeah. is when he left for a little while and had a wife and a kid. That, uh, that this is, is actually yeah. what happened. That is absolutely something he would do. <laughs> I really hope it's, it turns into one of these things where like one person has to just end up killing all the kids after they've like killed off their friends. And Please like, let fuck? let him punt a child into that black void. <laughs> I think that's the only if, if man if this, this trailer no is it needs really to be off little... a wall or something like oh that yeah scene where the kid goes gold gold member where he just throws mini me in the yeah. bag against the wall and the bag goes limp yeah I want to see some you know they gotta bring back child abuse in movies because really? I would love yeah. to see some some just straight up just punting of possessed kids. And just straight up, like, like something everybody can get down and watch. What was that video Even of the, kids. The, the pastor, right? Where he's like, he walked, I walked up to him, got my fist, boom, crumpled the kid. And I told him, <laughs> when are you going to be real? When are you going to be real with Jesus, son? <laughs> I don't know, but I want to see oh, that. Let me, all right. I let me, <laughs> Yes, I know what you're talking about. I went up to him and I, I crumpled him. I didn't see this. I so when are you going to be yesterday. real with Jesus? <laughs> if that's all I, I had to do back. to deal with my bullies back in grade school, man, I'd be a different person. If I'd known I just had to go up and crumple some kids, threatening damnation. <laughs> He's a real smart Alec. Uh, my favorite of the uh, the pseudo swears. The pseudo dude. I fucking I'm I'm watching this pastor punch his kid in the chest thing, and I'm about halfway through. Twenty three out of fifty seconds, and I was taken aback by an attitude he expressed. And these, this is I'm not really paraphrasing. But I believe the exact quote was, he's a bright kid, which made it worse. <laughs> it Harder was better to control. Because I, <laughs> I thought of the story, he hit him in the stomach. But no, he fucking threw <coughs> He's like, bam, I hit him in the face. When are you going to stop playing games with God? <laughs> punched him in the chest. Oh, quote, my God. Never raise thy fist in rage unless it is against a smart aleck kid who is pushing your buttons. Then crumple him. End quote. Jesus probably. Just crumple the kid. Man, if I don't get this Glenn Howerton lookalike to just start crumpling some possessed kids in this movie, it's I'm going to lose. It's the Satan child. <laughs> he just hits. When are you going to stop playing games with God? <laughs> and I led that kid to the Lord right then. 
And then he goes, there are times that that might be needed. Why are you telling your congregation to abuse them? Sometimes you gotta just commit assault. Oh, oh. So I, I assaulted a minor and I told I just confessed to a felony in front of my entire congregation. That's that's the that's power of Jesus, baby. I just crumpled that kid. Yeah, because you're a forty year old man. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> that would have been even better if he was a forty year old against a twelve year old. I'm sure this kid was like 11 years old and he's talking about, he's bragging about how he crumpled him because this 40-year-old man socked him in the fucking chest. i say you need to lose more teeth for Jesus. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Now you pray on that black eye now, boy. I'll see you on Sunday. Oh, that was (laughs) fucking great. bomb on that kid. I, 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 you know, that, that's up there with, with thought wars in terms of greatest videos I've ever just, seen. It's just right. It's a YouTube classic. Um, <laughs> and for for another classic. So for for another classic. So these these two, the two gentlemen in the of an age trailer. Um, oh, yeah, of an age. You know, Pastor Pastor Fred there would have would have tried to crumple them as well <laughs> to lead them back to the Lord because they're they're queering and as as Jim All Helwig, night. the Ultimate Warrior. Claims queering doesn't make the world work. <laughs> All right, mate. A little bit queer there. You and, so your, it's, you and your pal. It's a movie. It's a movie about dancers. So you see the the shot of this kid, and instantly you're like, that is one of the gayest men I've ever weighed, witnessed to. And that's mm-hmm. fine. And then no I, I feel, I felt, it felt to me as if the trailer tried to have like a mid trailer twist, being like, what? He's gay. <laughs> when he's talking to the guy, as if that's like as if the as fucking if it thumbnail. wasn't the most obvious fucking thing ever. As if the thumbnail isn't the two dudes just like a centimeter away from locking lips and swapping spit. Yeah, and the, or whatever they say down in mm-hmm. down in the down Aussie Islands, down Aussie, <laughs> down swapping under. ruse. <laughs> yeah, we were swapping chances. ruse. Winged might. Um, we went home and did the koala. <laughs> that's where you go home and you give each other chlamydia. <laughs> dropping bears. That's a different connotation down oh, there. Oh, so I'm shagging some bloke and he wants some brekkie in the morning. Bro- what do I do? That, I yeah, that's cook. definitely Australian shit. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, no just, I literally looked up Australian He's becoming a slang. beetle. <laughs> he's got the uh, Brekkie. Um, bloke is a man or a guy. Um, brekkie is breakfast. Yes. Yeah. I I always thought that was English slang though. Well, I mean, the I'm sure there's overlap because there's a ton of overlap. All Australians are of the prisoners that England's like. We don't have room for you guys on this island here. We're gonna drop you off in the literal fucking wild. Good luck. <laughs> and here come the results. No, the um, yeah, like they drop the the twist of like. Yeah, my ex. He's he might not invite us. They drop it like when they when you go back in time in a movie and they're like, "Where are we?" And the other guy goes, "Or when?" There's yeah, like, there's like was, a fucking the music drops. There's this, and I'm like, "Yeah, no shit." He's wearing a, like the deepest V I've ever seen with sequins on. I I wonder. There is there is glitter radiating off his body. I'm pretty sure he's wearing this is eyeliner. Not a surprise. Now those aren't. You know, 
we i i do statistics as part of my job <laughs> nothing is a guarantee but hey, me too but you establish <laughs> confidence intervals <laughs> yes and after you get the data you can presume things with a reasonable amount of certainty within two seconds of viewing this gentleman i had a 95 percent confidence interval that he was 100 percent a homosexual <laughs> so my my main thing about this trailer is like you know what it's probably a really good movie i don't think that the editing on the trailer i don't think they know what to do with the editing on the trailer i you know i'm not sure how confident i am that this movie's great this feels like an indie film that you know got some buzz at the festival because it's got you know more progressive characters it's got gay people in it um but it, it seems kind of like a a movie i've seen before just with uh slightly different characters and that yeah i mean it's two I, gay guys as i was watching this i like i don't know it was i just didn't know what was going on maybe that was just me it was just like shots of people talking about stuff and i'm like i guess sure I'm sure it's yeah, going so to be guess, very engaging and have good performances, yeah, a, but I dancers, don't get it. The dancers, but I guess it's also it's that one guy's like last night or last day in Australia yeah. or something like that. And the synopsis is of an age is set in the summer of 1999, much like the anti Donald Much like the series, hit game 1999. Uh, yeah. As 17-year-old Serbian-born Australian amateur ballroom dancer experiences an unexpected and intense 24-hour romance with a friend's older brother, how scandalous! Can we get the Can we get the clock from 24 in the in the bottom corner? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Oh, direct! Oh, I I just love the director's name on this. Like movie, be damned. Goran Stalevsky. That is that is a man who has raided villages in the 15th century. There's either a man who's so, raided villages or wears what the main character in this movie wears, but is also <laughs> completely heterosexual. Like he is a burly Russian ballet it's, dancer. It's what he it's what he wears out when he goes clubbing. My name is Goran Stalevsky. I will dance for you. I'm a man. He's he's the kind of man who wears a shirt with a deep V. And a rhinestone fish on it, like a koi fish made of rhinestones. And much like a real so, fish, it's hidden in the coral reef that is his chest hair. <laughs> not not the biggest deal, but um, they the Rotten Tomatoes did another goof, and they named this Oppenheimer. Yeah, I saw that as well. In the, uh, <laughs> in the more yeah. description. I guess the uh, uh, actors and uh, directors is correct, though. Maybe oh, yeah. maybe it's on purpose. Like they're direct, like go watch other trailers in this trailer. I it could be, but no, because when I've clicked on it before, it's give it's been a link to the correct movie. So it's just whatever intern they have is incompetent. They are working him to the bone, or her. Could be. Um, except we had the Barbie teaser trailer. Um, <sighs> Peter told me about this before I watched it. Uh, but seeing it in motion, it's all the more bizarre that they chose to do a 2001 A Space Odyssey <laughs> parody. It's 
to begin their teaser trailer. Have you seen the uh, side by side? I know, uh, but I'm not, sure it's but directly. My accurate. mind created the side by side as I watched it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a, I. I don't know what this movie is going to be about. Um, written and directed by Greta Gerwig, who did uh, Lady Bird, which won a lot of awards. Um, yeah, it's just it's got a big cast. It's coming out at a weird time. I don't know what kind of kind of movie it's aiming to be. I don't think it's gonna be a aimed at kids because a lot of expensive actors in this. You got uh, Margaret Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Will Ferrell, Kate McKinnon, Michael Sarah, American Ferrera. Like these are names. A lot of them have done a lot more television, but these are names that would command some money. So you gotta have a, a wide audience thing, but like. What's the hook? We'll see. The trailer yeah. will come out eventually, and we'll see. But it just seems like a weird time to be making this movie. You know? Yeah. I feel like I'm not. Yeah, nothing about this not, movie is going to be standard. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure because because if it is a kid movie, I mean, those do have legs if it's done well. But usually, those are more animated ones that that do uh, yeah that do better, but they're more expensive. Um, now, if they were able to make this for cheap, maybe. They had some dirt on, on some of the actors, <laughs> and they were forced to do it on the cheap. Then, um, you know, maybe um, this this could definitely be a movie. This is the, you know if we always go by the one for, one for me, one for you. Um, this could definitely be the one for you. And all these actors are like, all right, now I get to go work on some smaller right. projects. Um, okay, given. Given the year this movie is coming out in, um, what do you think? What are we putting the over/under percentage chance at for there being a joke about Ken not having a penis in this movie? Uh, I mean, are they I, are they supposed to be the dolls, or are they supposed to be? Um... I don't know, but either way, I, I feel like there's a very high chance that uh, that joke put, gets in the movie. I'll put ninety. 90 odds 90 percent odds on it now the question is would they if well i guess if, if it's rated r they'd probably try to show it but i don't oh, we can check the rating right now see what it's supposed to be i mean we can it's make PG. We, we can put this pool in right now okay i will put five bucks on the over i think it's a hundred percent gonna be in there well, I guess it's a happens or or not, right? So I'm putting five on that it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll put... The, the synopsis is still, Barbie lives in Barbie land, and then a story happens. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, Related I'll question. On. Yes. Are they going to license Barbie Girl from Aqua? Oh, 100%. I say no. Because if they did, they would have put it in this trailer, but they play something very similar, but not Barbie Girl. Okay. If they do, it's going to be in the in the credits. Yeah, like when they did uh, Go Go Godzilla at the end of King of the Monsters. Yep. This is going to be the main uh... theme of the film. And it's going to be a musical, judging by the fact that they put these like dance numbers in the trailer. 
or it could just be they saw RRR and figured, hey, you can just throw a random dance number in the middle of your movie. If any no Western movie is going to do it, it's going to be the Barbie movie. I Wouldn't that be something if this is just if this fucking, is a fucking an Americanized RRR? music festival of a movie, just, just a saga? Oh my god, I would... Which which do you think lid. felt longer, RRR or Avatar, Avatar Way of the Water? <laughs> yeah, it is. So it is set to be PG thirteen, um, and it will be a tongue in cheek and irrelevant film directed more adults. Irrelevant uh, film. I think you mean irreverent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever the fuck. <laughs> I mean, it I may mean, end up being I irrelevant. Mean, <laughs> you might bold. not be wrong there. <laughs> uh, directed more adults. Directed. Reverent film directed more adults and big kids than little ones. So, uh, yeah, okay. I, they, they probably will do something with uh, no genitals or, you know, yeah. rubbing on my mound spot. So, I guess since none of us are take, none of us are going to take the, <laughs> the outside odds on this, then it's not really. Yeah. No we'll just all get five bucks or have to put five bucks into... A fun that none of us can touch. <laughs> this is how we make infinite money. This is how we make it. No, Jake. This is how we make a tontine. <laughs> so if we all bet on it, or we're just gonna get free money. I think that's how FTX like did this. it, right? I like. I like this gambling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's some creative accounting. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's yeah. That's Barbie. We're we're gonna see. Uh. Well, let's see if it bombs at the box office just like we know oppenheimer won't mm-hmm. well yeah this is ironic that a movie about the bomb is, is probably not going to bomb yeah, yeah. this is it's, it's interesting right like christopher nolan i don't think he's as creative as he was in his last movies i mean you have faster than light travel backwards time dream inception and what is this technology in this one it's just some kind of like bomb like this is one of his least creative premises yet yeah um this is an interesting direction for him as this is kind of like a biopic and um this i don't think that's a movie that he's really done before um the dunkirk i guess is a, a historical epic so it's kind of along the same lines so yeah, look, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to this movie. I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan. I don't make any secret of that. And, um, you know, I think the cast is, is looking pretty good. And... Uh, mm-hmm. If you want... I just want to <laughs> say it. <laughs> yeah, I'll also say this is uh, not the first um, theatrical production of a dramatization of the of the Manhattan Project. Um, Classic Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> I was gonna say Doctor Strange Love, but also um, by I was very careful by saying theatrical, because uh, by theatrical I also mean the actual theater. Theater. Theater with um, I believe it's John Adams's Doctor Atomic, which was an opera about the Trinity nuclear tests. <laughs> um. Very interesting. It's a very interesting uh, opera. 
He so split go... my atom last night. <laughs> um, I would say, you know what, guys? Go watch that as the primer to this movie. <laughs> it's, they're both going to be... It'll be very similar, I'm sure. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, it's a combined, like, six hours of guys in suits with, with fedora hats talking about bombs in the desert. How yep. amazing. Bombs... Bombs away, just as we're going to move away now to our next segment, the follow-up. That's right. All right, let's take a look at this box office right here. I'm going to turn that on there. Okay, look at that right there. Uh, Avatar Way of the Water, uh, reining it in there, number one at the box office, opening with 134 million, I'm losing the accent, $144 million domestically. 438-something overall uh, for that weekend. To date, it's made $661 million. So it is. it had a st- much stronger opening than the original Avatar. Mm-hmm. But the original Avatar largely had its financial success due to uh, 3D upcharging mm-hmm. in all the premium formats, which I think people, even though... We all saw it in 3D, so maybe I'm putting giant holes in my own arguments here. I don't know that it's going to be as popular this time around because people have seen the 3D gimmick now, and um, to some people, it's not going to be worth it. I just, I just want to say, I mean, I, I saw it on a weeknight, so I'll have to see what the show times are. Well, I can check now, I guess. But um, at my Cinemark, I don't know how it was for you guys. You saw it where Regal, Regal, yeah, yeah. There were so many more availabilities or showings in 3D than there were for the digital format. Oh, probably. Um, okay, doesn't surprise me. I don't know why. We had more standard showings, but uh, okay. we we went to a 3D one. I think it's because that that Regal has a lot of like regular screens, but only a couple screens that do 3D. Right. They yeah, kind of do formats by theater, like showroom and we should also say that like regal had avatar in every one of its value added types of showings because screen x imax imax 3d we didn't even realize like when we went to see the 3d i don't know if it was for you jake but we saw it in high frame rate i i have a lot to fucking say about avatar because my 3d was fucked up the entire three hours Mm -hmm. um they gave me a a a free movie ticket, so essentially a refund for it, because it was out of focus the entire time. It would constantly like the person who was talking, where they centered the focus, was in focus, but the stuff happening in the background was double visioned. Like, yeah, it like, was not oh, out of they, focus. Like it was the three D wasn't calibrated right. Yeah, three yeah, D had... wasn't calibrated. I had subtitle issues too. We had issues with our audio in our theater. We had like peaking and 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 cutouts at times. Like so, there's just something up with the Avatar too. I think it's a lot. I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised they made so many different versions of this movie. I'm not surprised that they had some issues somewhere along the lines with getting it IMAX, getting it 3D, getting it standard format, getting the FPS correct all along. Um, th- this was apparently one of the first movies to ever be like sent out in 160 different languages. Um, 
you know, that's a lot of stuff to manage. And if they maybe rush the release a little bit uh, to to get it out mm-hmm. on time, for, then... For Christmas, yeah. You know, yeah, um, that, well, I don't know how on time up. it was because one of the people in the movie thought it had already come out and bombed <laughs> like years prior. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, we saw that article. Um, yeah, it is amazing how how little of this the the money and the the operation of this movie was the actual movie itself. Um, you can hear us talk about the movie itself in our separate review of Avatar. We're doing that apart from this. Um, yeah, it'll. I said it'd come out between last episode and this episode. Uh, that didn't happen, so it'll come out between this episode and next episode. That's right. We will have the time. <laughs> the The movie was three hours, so the review. I got needs to time. Be, the review. I'm needs off to be for seven. eleven straight days. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that. It's like Twilight Zone, except I don't drop. I I know what to do when I drop my glasses. It's like Twilight Zone, except I just wake up and see, like the good Lord intended. So okay, I don't know if um. So I looked up the show times. I don't know if it's because Christmas um and Christmas Eve are really like pushing down some of the show times, but I don't imagine they would. Um, well, I mean, you have to have people to run the theater. So if there's fewer people working there, then you can run fewer screens. So although I would with imagine automated that, projection, you know, screens. I'm sure that's at least a little easier. I'll do. I'll do Monday. I'll do Monday. I've got three showings. Um, six. Uh, what is this? Nine, twelve. Now I have twenty-one three D showings, and three. Three, uh, oh, six, I guess, over the D box and normal. Uh, six, Jesus, of the regular, so like the the standard format, no fancy extra stuff. Three showings. That's Nutter Butters. Ours is the exact D box. Yeah, ours is like the exact inverse. Well, there's still a few here. I'll I'll pull up. It's like a sixty forty of special screenings and regular screenings. Um, I have to ask Jake the the ticket you got as comp. Um, does that cover the exact package that you watched in, or is it like a free thing to any showing of Avatar? That would be... Uh, oh, I think that's anything. Then you um, need to get so, the most pimped out version. Yeah. I, I, I would like to... I wonder if it's... Um, I'll be pissed if it was uh, just standard stuff. Is there a version of because the Because it wasn't a specified ticket. I'll have to go back and see. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like it's a voucher. Okay. I was going to say... We, I want to see if there's a showing where can they show the movie in foil? So at <laughs> at the or at our big mall here in uh, upstate New York, um, we have three showings. Um, this was today, so we have three showings in Screen X, which is three showings with peripheral in vision. Yeah, mm. it's it's kind of interesting. It's I don't like know that I would pay extra for it again. It, yeah. Um, IMAX 3D, three showings for that, uh, f- five for real D 3D, and six for standard. So it's a pretty so, even spread. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much the uh, the trend all the way down in terms of scheduling. You have three Screen X, three IMAX 3D, three real D 3D, and six standard. 
Yeah, definitely think they're trying to push, obviously, um, 3D a little bit more. I mean, this is definitely made for for 3D. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, but, the whale's only yeah. playing at Colony Center. Blast. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, I'm looking at Regal now in my area, that. and there's, there's quite a bit more uh, 2D showings than there are 3D. Um, uh, I do want to say also that I think Regal's the only one that has the real IMAX um, to watch those. And this is made for also, they were, this was shot in IMAX. Um, so I didn't, I didn't even bother doing the uh, Cinemark, whatever, faux IMAX. Well, yeah. IMAX is, uh, it's not brand specific. No. I it's mean, just the bigger screen. Yeah, IMAX G is the big dome thing, but well, I don't know where any of those are. <laughs> like, if I were to see, like, Cinemark has its version of IMAX, but like, I can't. I don't think I'd watch. Like, I don't know. It's. I'm sure it'd be mostly the same, but what have you? Uh, Avatar displaces Black Panther to Wakanda forever, uh, down to five point three million dollars. So distant second there. But Walt Disney owns both studios, so I'm sure they don't care. Uh, Violent Night drops down a spot, uh, 5.054 million. Actually, let's take a look at the worldwide gross. 790 million for Black Panther, kind of forever. So coming in, and now that Avatar's out, I think it'll finish um, as the lowest-grossing Marvel movie this year. I think both Thor and. Uh, or maybe no, maybe I think it. I think it did better than Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, but it did worse than uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse Madness. Yeah, it was not. I mean, obviously, we've, we've talked about this uh, not ad nauseum, but a fair few times that this has not been a good showing for Marvel. Nope. Yeah. Uh, and that's another five million for Violent Night. Bring its total to fifty-eight million worldwide, and I think it's already on uh, on demand, mm-hmm. which is probably how it should be. Because again, you know, you're gonna it's have a Christmas lot of people time. at home watching yeah. stuff. So have your Christmas movie on streaming and in the theater for everyone to watch. It's probably the best way. Yes, because I'm spread. sure all the people going to the theater on Christmas are gonna want to watch a Christmas movie. <laughs> Well, I I know uh family movies like, like I remember night. going to see like well I, I like uh like Marley and Me but I I used to do that with my family go see some some sort of movie that people would like like on, on Christmas Day on Christmas Day or okay. Christmas Eve I think it was Christmas Day it'd be like it'd be like the thing that one of the one of the adults would take all the kids when we were like oh, between like, like twelve and sixteen. We'd all go to the movies or to the at the mall, and uh, b- before dinner was ready. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna. It's like mm-hmm. I'll get the kids out of the house. In the house, yeah, while the adults make the make the exactly. meal. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right, makes that's sense. A, that's a pretty baller move too. Like <laughs> in general, if you're a kid and you need like kids, kids who want to be marketed to, <laughs> growing up in the late '90s, early 2000s, yeah. we want that materialistic shit. So you you open your presents Christmas Day. And you get your hyped up on sugar and presents and some money from grandma. And then they take you to the mall where you see all mm-hmm. these things you can buy. And then you go watch a movie. Like, yeah. it's immediately like, 
Well, that's yeah, that's and, a and short circuit it. to your fucking pleasure centers in your brain. <laughs> yeah, either that or like the day after Christmas too. You have all those sales going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, National Return Day. Um, the menu. Oh, I'm sorry. Strange World slumps down into fourth. Two point two million dollars. Um, a tough sixty-two million dollars worldwide on Strange World. Um, the menu finds itself in fifth in its fifth week. Um, one point six million dollars. That's done pretty well for itself. It's up to sixty-five million dollars, and I'm sure it cost far less to make than Strange World. Yeah. Um, Devotion continues its disappointing box office run. Uh, bringing in sub $1 million in its fourth week, $780,000, down 61%. Only $19 million worldwide for uh, Devotion. Although I will, I would like to point out that it looks like it only released in the U.S. and Canada. Makes sense. Um, the Fablements finds the itself in seventh in its sixth week. Uh, even more disappointing. This has got to be one of the more disappointing box offices. Like, this is almost a Shawshank Redemption level of, like, discongruity between the critical reception of a film and its box office total. This is a movie that's been out for six weeks, is getting very positive reviews, but has only made... Nine point three million dollars. Now it looks like this is another one that's only like released in U.S. and Canada, but still, that is that is very disappointing for a Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, Kurt, you've made the one of the classic blunders. Uh, of course, uh, never start a land war in Asia. Never battle a Sicilian when death is on the line, and never just trust the professional reviewers. That's, That's why true. this is in our spotlight tonight. It's, it's also true. Because um, we need to talk and we need to hear from the real reviewers. Yep, the the, the realist of reviewers, um, of which I have definitely pre-selected two and not one and forgot to find the other one. Um, so I'm going to read to you the, Just the read review the first that, one I, that comes out of the, the, I the, found uh, first. chamber. Um, and then the, I'll, I'll, when we go back around to me, I'll read the one that I had found second before, uh, we started the segment. <laughs> so, <laughs> says some loner has a 10 out of 10 review of the Fablements. <laughs> oh, what's in the cup? I'm sure it's, it's not funny juice. Uh, 10 out of 10. If Super 8 and Cinema Paradiso had a baby. Spielberg has been a favorite director since I was a kid, but I still envy my parents who got to see his debut hits in theaters back in the 70s. Prior to this hit, the only movie of his I saw on release was Ready Player One, which I loved. (laughs) Adjust oh, see, your expectations accordingly, that's folks. Why we do- that's why we get stuff in the real reviewers. <laughs> but it didn't compete with his classics like E.T. or Josh. This movie was different. That's that's the sentence. Uh, not only was it his best film in decades, 
but it came from a different part of Spielberg we haven't seen before, <laughs> being way more personal than his early films. <laughs> Whether you like the film or not, this movie is a must-see. <laughs> How are you going to see it if you don't? How are you going to know you like it or not if you don't see it? Um, it is about passion, family, grief, and coming of age. <laughs> It's all of its mark for flying. Please don't use those sounds right after you say the word coming. (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't. It was unintentional, I swear. (coughs) All right. I see the stage team, Jake. Well, I I find my pre-selected second review. I'm going to hear those sounds in my sleep tonight. Oh, I bet you will. I was wincing. You're going to touch yourself, too? (laughs) Maybe I'm already I'm already goopy. <laughs> um, see, you you pre-select yours. I just let the reviewers speak to me, and whatever whatever pops out of me um, is the one I'm gonna go with. So, gussy gussy, <laughs> or gsy gsy, one out of ten. Pound this gussy. <laughs> Goosey goosey. What do you think that that's grandma pussy? Do you think? Maybe that G ussy. Magical ego egotism is the current vogue in American non-franchise moviedom. <laughs> Leading practitioners are David O. Russell, Richard Linklater, Noah Baumbach. <laughs> And now the old hitmaker Steven Spielberg proves himself a master of the genre. <laughs> this blank ma- it said drink. Uh, <laughs> oh, that stage direction. In yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was Tommy. This blank mage mange blank mange. Uh, of a film is redeemed in part by Michelle Williams' remarkable performance and an all-too-brief one by Judd Hirsch. Otherwise, it's tooth-rot. Spielberg's great talent is for genre movies, so he should be on firm ground here. But the sad fact is that any time he touches anything even remotely serious, there is a whiff of fakery that, in some of his work, becomes a stench. It's some irony that in this movie, his alter ego, Sam Fableman, assesses his early attempt at an 8mm adventure as fake. That is the Fableman's. Zero out of two found that helpful. <laughs> I can't imagine what I mean. It directed you as you read it. It's an interactive. It's a great review. It's an interactive it's, review. That seems very helpful to you to, to receive direction as you read. Uh, I. All right. So uh, shout out to this seven out of ten. I'm not going to read it, but because I need to. This one's. I'm, I got to workshop this one. My my radio voice. Uh, the 7 out of 10 from Dan Slentz that starts off Real Tunes, the radio show all about the movies um, I need to work on my radio voice though So instead, we'll do, we'll do my awful Heath Ledger impression 
from uh, from neuroscience Chen WQ. Six out of ten. Marriage story plus Jojo Rabbit plus Belfast equals the Fableman. That, that's it. That's that's all I'm gonna do. Put it away. Good. Put it in a box. Take take that box. Just just eat it for breakfast. Put that in your mouth. That in your mouth. Um, the Fableman, the famous superhero. Um, the story is about a rich white family raises a cute boy, giving him whatever he wants, whatever it takes. Not every U.S. family can have such wonderful resources to raise a child. Sorry <laughs> that I cannot emotionally echo what played in the story. My family was not rich. I couldn't get a camera, a train as a toy. My parents are luckily love each other. I would prefer everything everywhere all at once as my best picture of the year because I can feel all the feelings in that film, in that performance, in every piece of emotion and culture shock I can feel. That's my experience, and many of us feel the same. I still feel want to cry just thinking of scenes from EEAAO. Three out of 16. Just, just snuck that, that, the review. That was a review of the Fable Man's, really. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, as promised, uh, the second review I had selected before we began the show today um, Automatic Quarter has a 10 out of 10 review. Yes, it's a perfect movie. It's a bit November 26, 2022. Warning spoilers. This is why movies are good. Incredible performances, nuanced with comic book-like affections. affectations. It's really so lovely. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. There's a bit too much focus on Sam. We don't get to know much about his sisters. They're basically just there. We care about them, but we mostly care about Sam, Mom, and Dad. The movie that this points to, Golden Age... The movies that this points to, Golden Age cowboy flicks... Maybe Douglas Sirk makes it feel like a swan song for Steven Spielberg. There's something peaceable about this film, and surprisingly, in the masterful unraveling of the story. Okay. Some things you expect to happen, but they don't unfold in an obvious way. The masterful part is that it's not just entertaining or solid, but a movie that's more powerful after you've seen it. The movie who made... The people who made this movie are absolutely at the top of their game. It's just a stunning work. Five out of thirteen found that helpful. This has been this has been masterpiece theater. Scrumchalescent. This next one out of ten is is why I think we come to IMDb. Uh, that's why I come to the one out of tens. It's for to sure. feed the bighorns. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's these types of reviews. Um, I'll yep. try my best to keep it <sighs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I know what you're talking about. <laughs> one out of ten. One of the... F- by Ryan Flynn. One of the five worst movies I've ever seen. This movie is terrible. It makes no sense. The acting is awful. The character's behavior is bizarre and completely out of place. I should have walked out. My whole family and I hated it. Next paragraph. <laughs> this movie is terrible. 
It makes no sense. The acting is awful. The character's behavior is bizarre and completely out of place. I should have walked out. My whole family and I hated it. This movie is terrible. It makes no sense. The acting is awful. The character's behavior is bizarre and completely out of place. I should have walked out. My whole family and I hated it. This movie is terrible. It makes no sense. The acting is awful. The character's behavior is and completely out of place. I should have walked out. My whole family and I hated it. 20 out of 52 found that helpful. I was yes. like going for yes. five. I like go for five. I got... I. Yeah, I I wish it was. I, I really they could have they could have brought it home, but I I think they just you for repasting. You actually they beat Control V three times instead of four. You actually like beat ellipses. my record from last week because I had one that was repeated three times last week, or or as the Europeans do three. Um, so Jake currently holds the high score for the amount of times the same paragraph right, is repeated. Gonna have review. to dig deep for that. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was wild. Um, I I think they were trying to go for the uh, trying to get the longer word count, <laughs> and uh, just could not could not control uh, highlight. What was the one? The, select as white. What movie was I reading the review for? Where they just were like railing on about how they have to put in more and more words to submit the review. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck, I don't remember that don't one. Remember that was great though. I do remember that one though. Uh, IMDb doesn't let you review it unless it's this many characters, so I guess I'm just going to ramble on for a little longer about this. Oh, my God. All right. Finally, from uh, from David out west. Six out of ten. Oi. 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 What's all this, then? Oi. If you're looking for a Spielberg film that is expressly about and only about Spielberg... You can't do better than this one. While annoyingly self-indulgent and not only in its running time, largely unnecessary in the opinion of everyone except Spielberg and presumably (laughs) his therapist, and characteristically (laughs) unsubtle, it does feature some amazing performances and moving scenes, almost all thanks to Michelle Williams. Sadly, there are also far too many over-the-top performances and superfluous scenes. But hell, if you're co-writing and helming, and helming a movie about your own life, I suppose you have artistic license to direct it in any way you see fit. Still, if you're trying to achieve anything close to reality, there are three things you probably shouldn't do, especially in your film's first five minutes. One, uh, open with an unnecessarily specific title card, January 10th, 1952, and then proceed to have your dad character ask your son character as they're driving home from the movies. So, Sammy, what do you want for Hanukkah? Two, as the family arrives home, have Sammy grouse about the fact that his family's house, again, on January 10th, is the only one on the block not decorated with Christmas lights. (laughs) Three, show your characters placing and lighting the candles of their menorah on that same January night in the (laughs) wrong order. As Judd Hirsch's furniture-chewing Uncle Boris character might say oi 7 out of 17 found that helpful it's like that scene from uh, oh hello on Broadway <laughs> if you recognize that this mezuzah is on the wrong side of the door you're in the right place 
So, uh, so now you're prepared to, to yeah. watch this movie. I'll I'll sneak out and see it at some point. Um, but uh, let's go back to our box office here. Uh, after the Fablemans, it it's a tight race. It just beat it out by um eleven thousand dollars. The 75th anniversary re-release Fathom event of It's a Wonderful Life. A uh, mm-hmm. a great movie if you've ever seen it. It's uh it's basically a Christmas Carol, but uh with a slight twist. Um, but yeah, it's it's a classic for a reason. Yep. It's a, it's um, a really big movie. Black Adam, it finds itself in ninth, down three spots this week, only bringing in four hundred forty-five thousand uh, dollars, bringing its total worldwide run to three hundred ninety-one million dollars, which uh, I gotta believe was less than Warner was hoping for. And rounding out the top ten, I heard the bells. Uh, three hundred ten thousand dollars in its third week as a Fathom event. Oh boy! But um, uh, the the big one, it's yeah. the return of the Mac. Uh, last year we 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 talked a lot <laughs> about Killer Raccoons too. Dark Christmas in the dark. Well, it's back, baby. <laughs> it had At one theater, Peter. Tell us about this theater. This one is the uh, Studio Thirty Five in in Columbus, Ohio. They had, I think, a two showing event, um, which occurred last week. Um, Studio Thirty Five, which not only showed the movie, um, it also had the cast and crew there to do uh, presumably a panel afterwards. Um, so you could this, ask the director about his, I'm sure, many bold decisions. Yes, <laughs> in Killer Raccoons to Dark Christmas in the Dark. It is a sequel to a movie title that I don't want to say on air. <laughs> um, say you know you can connect the dots from raccoons to uh, words I don't want to say. So I will leave that as an exercise for the viewer. <laughs> um, I'll just but, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll, well, I'll give him I'll give him a hint. Uh, they use the same uh, joke, or they use that same sort of premise for a joke in the movie Forrest Gump. Correct. Um, but I'll instead, I will refresh you on the plot of this movie that you can you can see as a Christmas classic. Um, mm-hmm. Ninety six. Two years minutes. running, baby. Uh, on a snowy Christmas Eve, four, former mild-mannered college student Casey Smallwood is released from prison after serving 10 years for underage drinking. T- 10 years. <laughs> Eager to get out of town, he hops on the express train to Washington, D.C., but after the Holiday Express takes off into the winter wilderness, it's hijacked by an angry gang of domestic terrorists and highly intelligent government-trained raccoons. Not one to back down from a raccoon fight, Casey joins forces with a porter on the train to fight the terrorists, help bring down a top-secret raccoon-controlled military laser satellite, and show those raccoons who's in charge. Amazing. We, we have to watch this at some point. I would love to. I don't. I don't. Can we watch Coons as well? <laughs> we try. We tried so hard, Kurt. I re- <laughs> we gave it. We gave it the I old college try. <laughs> but you can never anticipate, Jake. 
<laughs> well, no, I think I think Jake saying the word coons is probably the most predictable thing that's happened on this show. <laughs> I, I was like, what? What? Like, I'm like, Killer Raccoons won. Like, what could be the, like, the tag for that to make it so bad? And then I never, like, dawned on me to put coons and raccoons together. And, um, and then just seeing the title come up as... Coons, Night of the Bandits of the Night. <laughs> night of the Bandits of the Night. Let me tell you uh, all the story about the Joker and the Thief and the Night and the Night. <laughs> Killer Rac- it makes sense why Killer Raccoons 2, The Dark Christmas in the Dark, <laughs> is the title <laughs> of that one. That's, uh... <laughs> I fucking love this. I wanna, yeah, I want to watch it. Uh, so you can... I guess you can't catch it anymore, but um, it was showing. Well, it's, I'm sure it's out there. On, yes. On video. Oh, I got. Uh, let, let me see. The Pirate Bay. Come on. Don't. All right. Well, well, well. Jake um, admits to creating a felony co- copyright infringement. We will. Uh, it's uh, also not. It's torrenting. <laughs> it's peer-to-peer sharing. It's not uh, pirating. Bef- before place, we move please. on, um, a couple quick comments. Uh, the whale in fourteenth. It's slowly rolling out so i i'm gonna pay i'm gonna give it some help and patronize it this week we need we need the renaissance to continue um <laughs> shout out to all yeah. the almond and the seahorse <laughs> powerful new release there um and also what else do i want to say oh now in theaters or only in theaters which is ironically well not in any in one theater um all right, I got the I got the first one. I can we can we can watch Coons Night of the Bandits of the Night, but uh, I don't have Killer Raccoons. You know you know how uh, marketing push for Babylon is is getting real hot and heavy and all that. Um, I mm-hmm. I was uh, just now years old when I learned that Babylon is three hours and nine minutes long. Oh jeez. Yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> Leave it to Hollywood to make a three-hour movie about Hollywood. Uh, the Whale only has a 65% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, apparently I've heard from people uh, it's not that great. Is... Yeah, I've heard the movie isn't great, but uh, Brendan Fraser is good in it. Yeah. All right. I will give it money so I can see that. I That's fine by me. Fuck <laughs> that. Um, where... Avatar 2 had like a 78%. Yeah, 78% fresh uh, from critics, including some uh, fresh reviews that don't really uh, uh, the, sound all that fresh. The classic fake fresh. Yeah. So uh, here's one. We get a story this time. That part of it was great, but at three hours and 15 minutes, it's just too long. Fresh review. Why have I been hearing from people that they were like, oh, it needed to be longer, actually. Like, it did not feel like three hours. No. No, it did. It did. This felt felt a lot like three hours. I checked my watch like three separate times. Could it maybe be be because the the story isn't paced correctly? Yeah, Peter was like, um, Peter checked his watch before I did, which was surprising because usually I'm the one checking my watch really quickly. And uh, he's like, oh, don't worry, Kurt. We, we're, the movie's about half over. 
And then I looked at my watch and I pointed out to him, no, Peter. In fact, this movie didn't start airing until six. Half an hour after. Half hour after the ticket time. So we are, in fact, only one hour. We still have two more hours of this shit. I was, uh, yeah, I, 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 the only knowledge I had going into this, um, was the first half of it was about like the person who had reviewed it. Uh, Chris Stuckman said, spoiler free first half, very boring. Hated it. Second half, also largely boring. (laughs) He was like, I got invested into it. I mean, he's a little, little fanboy for this sort of stuff, but I was like. I was like, okay, I kind of can see where somebody would get that, but... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely (sighs) better in the second half of the movie, but I... Yeah, you will hear all our comments. You will hear all about that And by the way, we want to talk about it. I have a feeling we're going to go right into that (laughs) that review. We're we're just dropping little treats. (laughs) Yeah, We're just dropping little hints here and there. That might have to be a... uh, Dropping some whale food. Another time there. Okay. I think Kaylee, Kaylee might Red get mad Bull. if I stayed down here for another hour. <laughs> she can. She gets you like all week. Uh, it's true, but she's she's one of them clingy types. <laughs> all right, let's talk gaming news here. Well, sort of gaming news. It's a it's a news news okay. about a movie based on a video game. <laughs> so we're we're several layers deep. Ooh, yes. Hideo Kojima. You always know it's going to be a great article when when the headline starts with Hideo Kojima. Oh, says the Death Stranding movie is, quote, taking a direction that nobody has tried before with a game adaptation. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know, but it's probably not going to mean anything good. So, is, is Hideo Kojima... <laughs> I want him to make... Death Stranding, but it's like the uh, the Netflix. Uh, what was that Black Mirror episode? Um, Bandersnatch. Yeah, where it, yeah. Instead of making a video game that feels like a movie, he's gonna make a movie that you can play like a video game. <laughs> Isn't that just a video game at that point? Yes, but no one tell him. Because <laughs> again, we I was thinking we talked about this. Like Death Stranding, out of the Kojima library, is like the least likely to be adapted into a movie like yeah why the fuck haven't they made the metal gear solid movie yet like yeah, that right. feels like a no-brainer layup <laughs> make snake eater duh <laughs> i i feel like he's gonna be like you know we're gonna get to the teaser trailer for the movie and he's gonna be like and remember bring your controllers to the theaters How's that gonna work? What the like fuck does that 35 mean? Thirty-five <laughs> people trying to—is it gonna be like a Twitch plays Pokemon situation? <laughs> it's gonna be a live stream, and everybody's gonna control a different character in the movie, and you're gonna—you're gonna make the movie yourself. He's just gonna <laughs> cause the Death Stranding. Like that's literally. <laughs> Watch out for the time fall. All right. I'm gonna kill real people in my movie. <laughs> listen up, folks, and listen well. Because I'm only going to say this once. You need to go. You need to install Epic Games Launcher. And you need to go and you need to claim two games from their free list right now. There's a bunch of games on their freebie list. But two games I need you to claim right now. Fallout 1, Fallout 2. Go grab those. They're free right now. Go. 
Oh shit! I'm oh. actually, I'm, I'm actually literally gonna do that just so I have them. But I like Fallout Three. Now listen here, you little shit. <laughs> Fallout Three is barely Fallout. Huh? No, I played Fallout One, Three. You know what? I the first Fallout. That came out was Fallout 3. That's Fallout 1. As we all know, no. Fallout was a franchise that started in the mid-2000s by yeah. Bethesda. Actually, way 2000s. And then they, they changed up the naming scheme with Fallout 2 uh, when they went to New Vegas. That's that's and actually then, a good game. <laughs> and then Fallout 3 was kind of... Kind of, you know, they revamped it a little bit and they did made a uh, couple Fallout see, 4. Yeah, those two were just indie games, right? That did the indie trend of like low graphics and stuff. And isometric, yeah. you know, it's an isometric adventure yeah. game, which is all the rage in indie games nowadays. And then everybody goes, haha, when you say they skipped a bunch and went to 76. Yeah. Um, so don't, I mean, Fallout 3. I can't say that Fallout 3 is all right. I did not enjoy Fallout 3. <laughs> What the fuck's wrong with you, dude? What do you what mean? Did what's you like? The awesomeness of how it? How linear the how story was, was? How the story wasn't about your characters, about your character's father, and how, like, handheld you were through the whole thing? Yeah. Jake's, Jake's what's wrong in with disbelief that? right now. It's just, it's not breaking what Fallout news, was. Breaking I... news, Kurt slams Jake with Fallout <laughs> criticisms. <laughs> Devastated. <laughs> Man, you must be a super mutant because your shit is Video radiated. must watch. Immune to radiation. Super, super strong. Kurtz, immortal. Super intelligent. Yes. Slam yeah. me for being a super mutant. Yeah. Your takes are like a super mutant. They're ugly as shit and they're kind of dopey. And I'll fucking hit you up with my Lincoln repeater. Super Special mutant. guns in the game that you can get only in certain locations. DLC that'll knock your socks off. Uh, what what was the, what the was the Fallout Robot? Three DLC? The Chinese stealth cool suit one. Armor. <laughs> Power armor that you can fuck with. You just dis- you just shit on people Not, left and yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's no, so much so much better. Fallout One and Two is better because it's uh, over the top uh, shoot 'em up survival that's game what, because it's it's harder is. because it's that's worse. Exactly what it Fallout is. Fallout One. Very well known for being the twin yeah, you're stick just mad because they're like minute action shooter. They're like nobody wants to play these real time strategy it's over the top shoot 'em up bullshit games. So we rewrote the fucking code and sucked that dick in the matrix. I want you to lead your like an army of the cons and you need like you need to like micro with your your uh, action your APM. You gotta get your APM up on the Brotherhood of Steel. Well, you back. see, you see, Peter. The cons are from uh, Fallout New Vegas, which is, you know, I thought actually, they were from uh, Fallout One and Two. Like, they like, oh, well, yeah. So, so no, the the Black Isle Fallouts, you know, the good ones. <laughs> that's that's where they originate from. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like Fallout One and Two should have been RTSs. <laughs> I uh, Fallout Tactics Brotherhood of Steel is also available, but that game's not as good. <laughs> What if they made Fallout XCOM? Just to be contrarian, Fallout Tactics was the best game ever made. No, Jake. To be contrarian, Fallout uh, Vault Builder. 
It's the best one of that whole collection. <laughs> which was in, which one's the mobile yeah, game? It's... That's the best game ever. <laughs> you can play it in your vault. Vault dwellers. So, um, after three years of hard work, modders have finally released a source port for Star Wars Dark Forces. We can um, finally wait. Dark Forces was Jedi Knight Two, right? No, Dark Forces was the first person shooter. Right, right. Um, I don't think Knight, that was Dark, part of the Jedi, Jedi Knight. Dark Forces was it? No, the I one... think it's just Star Wars Dark Forces. Okay, Cause is that that's the one with the dude with like the the fucking football makeup, right? And he goes Morgan Katan. I. I don't know about that. It's my favorite. It's my favorite line from from stupid old video games. Um, let's see. It's it's the one Kyle, that has the stormtrooper on the Kyle Katarn games. Um, I mean, well, you have Jedi Knight one and Jedi Knight two, and there's Jedi Outcast. Okay, and... Dark Force. Okay, Dark Force is one and Dark Force is two. So Dark Force is two is the game I was thinking of. Okay. So that one had the FMV with. With all the goofy characters and the the guy who did the the uh, acting for Kyle Katarn, he's like, uh, yeah, cool. I did that for money, and now I own a winery, and I don't ever want to come back for Star Wars. I'm sorry <laughs> that you fanboys think I'd be like enamored with it, but I'm not a fan. I did it as a job. Surprise, surprise. It's a thing I did to pay my rent. Yeah, Star Wars Dark Forces. <laughs> Uh, I think they did it on the Doom engine, and they just they threw that Lucas that Lucas Arts magic in there. Yeah, the for, they created their own engine. It seems it's called the Force Engine. Okay, it lets yeah. you play Dark Forces to completion with a highly customizable selection of quality of life features like mouse look and high resolution support. The Force Engine also now supports GPU rendering as opposed to the original software rendering. Uh, and features a mod loader for past and future user-made content. The Force Engine team has indicated that full outlaw support will come at a later date in the project's 2.0 update. Installation of both the Force Engine itself and the mod is a snap. You'll need a copy of Dark Force to start. It's not freely available and included with the source port like Bungie's Marathon is with Alpha AL1. But you can find it on Steam or GOG for like six bucks, or it's on sale right now on GOG for two bucks, or it was at the time of writing the article, which is four days. But it's still probably on sale. Um, it's uh, it's yeah, it's a Doom clone. It's pretty well liked. Um, mm-hmm. I've never played it for any like real length amount of time, but looking at the Force Engine, uh, you know, trailer for it, it looks looks pretty. F- Pretty crispy. Uh, looks looks a lot like you know Duke Nukem remasters. Um, Nvidia has been taking L's a lot. Uh, the forty eighty isn't selling very well, um, but they they just they just can't help themselves. Nope. <laughs> but to fuck people over, and um, they're reaping the whirlwind. After nine years of supporting this feature. Uh, NVIDIA's Canon game stream on Shield devices in February of next year. Like, the one feature that they sold the Shield on, they're dropping support for. Oh, oh so good. So good. I'm, I'm um, so glad that they 
are just funneling everything into this expensive product that is is out of people's price range. I mean, it was one of the the things. So, well, GameStream allowed you to stream from your own local hardware to right. your Shield in another room at you know pretty good quality. Um, there's a free app called Moonlight that uses the infrastructure of GameStream to work. But make some enhancements on it. Um, the The statement was unclear if the server side of that is going to continue to function post the February uh, start date or shutdown date. Um, it's unlikely. Moonlight does have its own server side implementation called Sunshine. I have not tried it yet. I've heard mixed things about uh, it being a pain to get working and it not really working as well as the GeForce to, oh, it, you know, takes like 15 minutes to set up and it works just as well. Um, I'm going to play around with that at some point uh, in the next few days here to just to set up sustainability for my own solution and I'll, I'll report back on how that goes. But it's, you know, it's one of the features that really kind of was there to help justify the price of the shield because it's 150 bucks for the tube version, which you should never buy because it barely fucking works. I know I own one, and it's 200 bucks for the pro version, which is a good streaming box. It has some features that you don't get often on other streaming boxes, like a gigabit Ethernet port and support for a bunch of different audio and video codecs. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really hard to say to someone, yeah, you know that 50 dollar. 4K Chromecast with Google TV. <laughs> Pay 150 extra for this box that supports a few oh. more formats that you probably don't fucking use. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just just pay us money. We don't. We're yeah. not going to actually offer you anything. Just just actually just pay us money. And it really, you know, like <laughs> it's another step towards the hardware as a service business model we're getting to where buying shit doesn't guarantee you anything yeah those all those like cyberpunk future movies where like the hacker shuts down like all the internet of things like that's not the no no cyber warrior is gonna do that the, cor the corporation is just gonna say you didn't pay They're gonna your, do it themselves you didn't pay your walls bill this month we're removing your walls let <laughs> me just disintegrate before your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be dope. It would um, be dope. Um, it's only a matter of time until they like implement that into our housing, like they do our mm -hmm. cars. You know, <laughs> don't yeah. want, can't pay the eight dollar a month subscription for your BMW. We're gonna turn off seats. your turbo charger. We're gonna. You want an engine with that car? Oh, you didn't renew your uh, $15 a month chance. break subscription. <laughs> We're cutting that, too. It sucks to suck. Cutting your break line. Um, John Carmack, legendary developer of uh, many of classics, such as Wolfenstein and Quake, and uh, founder of id Software, is leaving Meta. Um, Good. I don't know. Did, didn't he do the chapstick, too? I don't. Did he invent? Did John Carmack invent it. chapstick? Is that what you're positing? Yeah, Carmack's. I. You know, if that's a if that's a joke about lip about chapstick, I don't get it because I'm not a. 
I'm not in the chat. Carmex is the uh, brand that Jake is yeah. thinking of. I it's see. A, uh, it's a, it's a no, I just prefer robust. my lips to be incredibly dry at all times. And peel my them off like, shit. like jerky. <laughs> Man, this was this was the dopest shit ever. It is. It, it's good chapstick. It, it doesn't... It's not particularly uh, pleasant to put on. It has a smell to it, wow. and it tastes like shit, but it... Chemically. It does It does its job real good. <laughs> and yeah. you could say the same yeah, of meta. <laughs> um, got a nice chemical smell to it. Carma- it doesn't Carmack. taste good. It doesn't smell good, but it, goddamn if it doesn't do its job. Carmack joins so. Oculus back in 2013 as chief technology officer I, before the company uh, got bought out by meta and 2014. I thought you were going to say joined it as in like merged his consciousness with Oculus and entered into I'm VR. sure he tried. Um, he he went on to reduce his role at the company uh, in 2019 um, as a more of a consulting role uh, to focus on his new startup Keen Technologies as in Commander Keen, one of id's first uh, mm-hmm. big hits in or the shareware game. Right? Um. I don't think they put it out under Apogee. Well, Apogee was the publisher. It okay. was the developer. Um, yeah, that Apogee called them up and was like, hey, we like your shareware levels. We we think we can make a lot of money uh, as your distributor. And they didn't know much about business. So they're like, sure, man. That sounds great. And they had a great relationship and until they wanted to do other stuff. And Apogee's like, no, just keep pumping out Keen episodes, man. Uh, all this and more is chronicled in the 2003 novel The Masters of Doom, which I, I recommend uh, you all yep. pick up and read. It's a classic one. Um, the audible version is narrated by Will Wheaton. So if you can stand Will Wheaton's voice, that's also an option. Um. <laughs> We'll Lastly, Henry Cavill is reportedly in talks to star and produce star and and produce a Warhammer 40k series for Amazon. So um, I think when we were talking yesterday, there were some suggestions that he should be a Warhammer 40k character, mm-hmm. and uh, he, ask and ye shall receive. Yep, he loves that shit. I mean, I got to give the guy props to like being like. Uh, I guess hired to do jobs that he has a very personal connection to. Um, well, you know, as as we know, he was a very avid well, Witcher fan. Yes. Well, it helps when you're a very in demand actor. You get to to choose mm-hmm. projects that you you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, but that means no Superman. Uh, so he's definitely out as Superman, as we talked about last week. James Gunn said, I want a younger Superman. Or I also heard something where, um, oh, no, he teased something where he wanted an older Superman. Um, he wanted to do, I forgot what the um, the comic book series was. Um, Not like Superman. <laughs> Dark Dark. It was after, uh, no, no, it was um, after, uh, Lois, yeah. Uh, Lois Lane is killed by Joker. Oh, Injustice? Um, he, no, not Injustice. Um, another one where Lois Lane is killed <laughs> by the Joker. But instead of going evil, he like just says, I'm done. And leaves to the Fortress of Solitude. And the Justice League has to kind of 
uh, come back and get his help for something, I guess, that happens. Let me, uh, let's see. Not, not Death of Superman. Mm. Uh, you probably tweeted about it. I can probably look it up on. Yeah, you got to find this because this is not a story that I know. Yeah, other than Injustice, I don't, I don't know of anything. Yeah, because I had thought he wanted to do a young Superman. That's what I had read last week. I guess what he had tweeted and talked about was wanting to do... How far back does this shit go? Yeah, all I'm seeing is injustice for that. Um... Not to, not to create dead air, but uh, I'll, I'll try to find it. All right. Well, I'm that's that was the last story I have. So if you find it, that's great. But we can can move on to talk about uh, Blade Runner. Uh, ten years later, set in Japan, um, known by some <laughs> as Ghost in the Shell. Um, I don't have a ton to say about this movie. It didn't make me feel. Uh, strongly in in a lot of ways. Like I, I feel like if this was your first exposure to these kind of philosophical ideas, I could see where it would connect with people. And visually, it is a pretty well done uh, mm-hmm. piece of animation. But it's not, at least the version I watched on YouTube, which had uh, subtitles that didn't seem to match. Did you watch it in English or in? No, I watched it in the Japanese. Ah, because I couldn't find it in the English version. I think, yeah, I had it on, I watched it on Prime and they had it in English. Yeah, I was going to watch it on Prime, but Jake was like, no, it's ad-free on YouTube. And I was like, all right. Oh, I I actually didn't even see what language it was in on YouTube. Um, And if it was Japan, then oof. I Um, will say the, um, I mean, the ads did did jump in the way of that for me because you'd get like these, you know, one of those intense, quiet scenes and then it'd just jump with an ad for like, I don't know, some fucking cereal or some shit. Yeah, um, they they did kind of chop it up a little bit. Uh, there were no real natural um, ad break mm-hmm. uh, times. I, I mean, they're they're not. I don't think it was designed around that, but um, I don't think they were strategically planning <laughs> where they wanted to put these ad breaks because they definitely could have. But um, yeah, unfortunately, they didn't. Um, I, I mean, I picked this movie because I, I know it's um, pretty inspirational to a lot of like um, current anime and, and anime that followed yes, up to if... it that weren't like shonen style. Because I mean, obviously, anything shonen is going to be you know Dragon Ball Z, um, you know, Dragon Ball related. Uh, but this like storytelling and this uh, world building, I think, uh, led to a lot of different types of anime that uh, took from it. And um, uh, I was also thinking about doing Akira. Uh, but that was two I years ago. I feel like we already did Akira, though, right? Uh, in, in 88. So that wasn't the nice one. I think so. Okay, maybe. But, I mean, talk about a movie that has so many different homages from other movies, just with that bike scene. Oh, yeah, um, the Akira bike slide is a... Yeah, and, and I, I didn't know too much about what this was about. I mean, I knew it was, like, something with, like, Cyborg. It was, like, cyberpunk-esque. Um, so it was kind of cool to, to actually watch the movie mm-hmm. that uh, was given so much acclaim to... You know, enough to where when they rebooted it with uh, ScarJo, people blew up, which, I mean, I get it. Um, You know, 
when you're supposed to be in like a, a Japanese cyberpunk era, when you don't cast like somebody who is kind of fitting the bill, it does break it you a little take bit. That opportunity. It's yeah. kind of like. I just don't think the it, movie looks just... good. <laughs> I think a lot of the problem oh, was it uh, just wasn't well made. Yeah, I mean that could that could have been too. I don't really remember too much of what it was about. I think they were trying to push the whole. You know, look at these futuristic CGI effects that we're trying to. Yeah, I did a little reading on it, and, and it seemed like it was a vastly different plot than this movie. Mm. Yeah, because I was like, I, I really wasn't sure of what the plot was going to be exactly for this, and um, yeah, I guess spoiler warning for a uh, you know twenty-year-old movie, almost thirty-year-old. Uh, yeah, almost thirty-year-old. So we have uh, kind of this society where like most people are cybernetically enhanced um a smidge yeah like and a you have yeah you, you mean it varies based yeah, on you can have that. your whole body replaced with cybernetic stuff pretty much and that's what makoto was at at that mm-hmm. point or yeah. matoko however you're supposed to say right? matoko yeah um street fighter character makoto that's where my brain goes when i see that combination of letters um and uh you know it's uh it's it's a it's a pretty well done cyberpunk setting um it, it actually does remind me a lot i i don't know if uh the like cyberpunk 2013 um i think there might have been a cyberpunk 1997 also um i don't know if mike pondsmith's work came after this by by much or or not, but it did kind of remind me of the setting a lot of uh, Cyberpunk in the the tabletop and, and twenty seventy seven mm-hmm. video game, and um, that was kind of interesting. Also, obviously, very heavily inspired by Blade Runner. <laughs> like, in fact, there's the scene where they're doing the interrogation of the guy who got brain hacked. Um. You know, they're like, right. what was your mother like? Those are, like, exactly the questions from <laughs> Blade Runner when they're interrogating replicants. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's very similar to that. It's not the most exciting movie. Oh, no, this is this is from that tradition of, of Japanese movies in the 90s that were, like, super boring on purpose. Like... Go watch. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're want to see what I'm talking about, go watch Pat Labor Two, uh, which is it's there's mechs and future guns in it, but it's about Japanese foreign policy and their relationship to NATO and maybe the the uprising of, of martial law and how that relates to the to a military state and stochastic terrorism and all these all these big old political concepts in, <laughs> but there's also mechs. Yeah, they. Yeah, they started this huge. Um, they kind of wove uh, a pretty big web, um, and, and had a lot of loose ends that they could pull from for sequels or side stories or things that you could base like a sequel off of. Um, that they never really resolved. They kind of like wrapped it up in like some summary at the end when they when uh, Matoko passed out and was like revived. And they um, did make a sequel and- to this. So they did oh, they made they a franchise out of this, it. yeah. Um, well, there's a direct sequel um, that came out in 2004, but it it's uh, okay. It's not like a great 
it doesn't follow up mm-hmm. on the events of like it doesn't pick up where this movie let off. Like the one returning character is the uh the guy. Uh what's his name? Chateau. Bateau. Bateau. Yeah, he's like the one returning character. Which is French for boat, because he has a boat. And a safe house. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is, is largely, there's a lot of um, discussion of, like, uh, ambassadors about, like, political subterfuge concerning this uh, puppet master AI that's that's gone rogue. So, like, the conceit of this movie, it's a lot of sitting around... There's political subterfuge accusations mm. and philosophical discussions on what it means to be human and how you can be assured of your humanity or like the in evolution this age. of the species because that's a that is like yeah. a fucking Japan loves hitting that note like this is yeah. the, fucking give me a nickel for every time a character like a villain in an anime says this is the next step in human evolution. Yeah. I will be a rich man. It's a very common trope. But uh, in this world where, um, you know, ghosts are, you know, like consciousness and bodies are just shells. That's where the name Ghost in the Shell comes from. Right. Um, you know, you have implanted memories and all this stuff. You know, it, it be the how in a world where these technologies exist, uh, how do you reconcile your humanity is like the big philosophical question. And a lot of the movie is just like dream sequences and discussions of, of that very fact. Mm-hmm. And like the big cl- climax, I guess you would say with the antagonist, uh, the puppet right. master AI that is, you know, gained sentience is just a philosophical discussion. And then Matoko agrees to like merge with the AI. Yeah. Yeah, they have, the, they have cyber that, sex. That's, it's interesting because they they put that right after like the and, and the actual like the I guess action uh, climax that you would think of as a traditional one um, really didn't have that many stakes. I mean, like you knew she probably was gonna beat it somehow. Um, somehow beat this like tank mech thing. Yeah, the spider tank. Um, like the, honestly, like, you know, I'll tell you how exciting that scene was. I had to go back and rewatch a good chunk of the middle of this movie because I fell asleep during it. <laughs> I mean, I definitely could see myself falling asleep. There's a lot of like parts where it drones on with with the with the score mm-hmm. and like just panning over different city yeah. shots, and it's like I think the uh, I mean I get it for like and I did like kind of, but it's... Blade Runner, which was similar in that a lot of it was like philosophical discussing, and there's not a lot of action in Blade Runner. But I don't know. Maybe it was just the time of the day, and that I was sleepy already. But like, they definitely the Japanese and the the like yeah, really the, the lack style, of music. You know, it just kind of lulled me in. Yeah, I feel like how they wanted this movie to work was they give you the idea, they give you like their thesis statement, and then they kind of they give you some action to do some stuff. Uh, but then interspersed with that is just like chunks of movie where you can just you're just vibing they're just like here have this vibe think sit on sit with the thing we just told you see how you feel about it we'll come back to it in a little bit here's here's a boat sitting in a canal there's like a here's a plane check it out (laughs) 
there's there's some mannequins in the window thing, you know, like oh yeah. mannequin. That's well, thematic. I also think. I mean, even though there weren't like that much stuff going on in those scenes, and they were just trying to set up, it was just B-roll of the setting and the stuff they were trying to create. I also got to think of it as like the time that it was released in '95, where this shit probably would have been like pretty cool to watch if you were into anime and into this type of um, this animated world building. Where, I mean, mm-hmm. you're used to trying to get close to it with with uh, real right. life when the next nearest thing uh, is like Inuyasha yeah I mean I would I yeah. would definitely love to like play a, a video game set in well, this Ghost in the Shell let me tell you <laughs> well I I know about the video games made of this and I know that like at least the 1997 PS1 game fucking blows and has nothing to do with Ghost in the Shell but like if like a cyberpunk 2077 sort of game which i mean basically we're there's not much difference between the two but like you know i i think it's an interesting world and uh you know that i would like to explore it more but the characters in this movie i did not find to be uh terribly interesting yeah um they're they're definitely just straightforward kind of vehicle. They have like there's some basic plot arcs like um, Matoko uh, has like her one arc that she goes through and she gets, and they're just kind of vessels for the the discussions because a lot of their scenes shells. Them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. Because a lot of their scenes are them sitting around and and talking about things about the themes of the movie. That is that is one thing. Um, at least in the English dub, uh, the, a lot of scenes there's a lot of explanation of stuff. They do they do have to explain a lot of what is going on very directly to the audience. And there's whereas, a fair amount on the sub as well. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I feel like if this there's a movie this version today they, you know if this if this was coming out today they wouldn't um, they'd trust they'd their have audience a better a way more. to do that. Yeah. Um, to your point, Kurt, and to your point, Jake, actually, about stuff being in the '90s, like at least in America, I feel like if you're if you're an anime fan in the '90s, it is entirely within your like possibility to have and own all <laughs> all anime and manga stuff, um, at least all the mainstream stuff, because that whole all of that media like the media sphere at least in america was small enough where you could kind of encompass the whole thing except for yeah. you know the fringe things and the the lost media the stuff that kind of leaks its way over here but um nowadays well, obviously I, I, the fucking sphere is so huge that like you got a special you can't just have it all and what you, it's not a situation where what you get is what you get right you have a choice you have a lot of variety and therefore like yeah. if something's groundbreaking not everyone's gonna pick it up well, I was also looking up what um, uh, what other anime or animated stuff came out around that time in the '90s, and honestly, I mean, you have you have your stuff from Japan, which is going to be your more traditional anime that came out here and there. You got a movie mostly from Studio Ghibli, uh, but you don't have that much, um, at least that much of quality stuff, uh, and the rest of the stuff is from like Disney or cartoons that are coming out. Um, that are made for children, uh, you know. And some of that stuff is good story-wise, but 
you know, if you're looking for something more adult-oriented, I mean, look at the adult aspects of this. Sure, you had your nudity in here, but you also had, in the first two minutes, some guy's head just, like, blowing yeah. up. Um, and, you have... and you had a lot more of the body horror mm-hmm. elements to this that kind of was like, whoa, holy shit. Or they don't, like, Matoko doesn't care about ripping off her uh, sure. arms uh, at, the, no. at the end of this. Because... She could she, just replace them. It's they, they, they're in this like she's a robo bobo situation where you know your shit's replaceable and that kind of it lessens the stakes for a lot of things, but also makes what people do a little bit more um, aggressive and they don't they're able to take more yeah. risks with just throwing their body. And I feel the like line. that was pretty common of anime in this time period, just like really a lot of violence like the violence in it is pretty uh like you know there's a lot of blood always mm-hmm. at and, least from from what i've seen of this era of anime right and i think part of what gave this i would also say what gave this uh you know let it root itself in at least in in the con in the uh, culture here was the fact that it came out uh, a, a little ways after go, uh, Blade Runner, right? Because Blade Runner was not, it wasn't like a box office smash. No. Right? In so, fact, I think it did pretty poorly at the box office. So you're a kid, teenager, or or adult, you know, going along. You've probably, you, maybe you've never even seen anime before. Um, and you've heard about Blade Runner. You heard it was long and boring. Um, and then you go see, you you hear from a friend about this thing, this ghost in the shell and you watch it and you're like, Oh, this is that anime thing. You know, this is wild. And they're like robots and they're talking about like philosophy and stuff like shit. This is crazy. So I could see how that could just like, just get its hooks in you. Um, even though it's not like the stuff that's talking about isn't like on the bleeding edge of, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, writing yeah so yeah and it's 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 like it's it's an hour and 23 minutes um it's not bad like even as someone who doesn't particularly like anime like i could i could say yeah you can watch ghost in the shell you probably will get something out of it Mm -hmm. but if what you're looking for is like a an action-packed thing there are a couple action sequences they're all right but most of the movie is really rooted in philosophy. Yeah. It, and to to pick on that note, going back to the adaptation with the ScarJo adaptation, the live action one. Oh, it's um, also a booby movie. Feel like, so if you like boobies, uh, it's definitely got Japan. Japan loves to just they'll take the most serious shit and they're like ah tits. Put a boob in there. <laughs> like some, twenty seconds in this movie, you got tits. It softens the mood a little bit. <laughs> it, it just uh, it just lightens yeah lightens the mood. So, uh, but I was what I was to say was um, I feel like just from watching like snippets of the trailer for the like I just rewatched on IMDb had it playing in the background. It definitely seems like they took the elements from from Ghost in the Shell that like everybody would remember and recognize. They put that in the movie. They put that in the trailer at least at the forefront. But then there was like. 20 scenes after that we're just like they're different action set pieces that they made for the new so they were probably like on the same page where 
to remake this into a live action would probably be a bit of a snore fest if they did a scene for scene mm-hmm. remake. So they wanted to add more of action and uh, maybe flesh out the story a little bit more. Because the story is pretty simple. I mean, it's, yeah. they're just hunting down a hacker called the Puppet Master. Turns um, out to be a rogue AI. And, yeah, it's just rogue AI. So it's like... Which, uh, the way they describe it. that... And, and they don't even... Is like... It, as if the audience has never heard of the concept before. Probably because yeah. the audience, like, 95. That, still it, that used does to the seem like it probably would have been fairly novel. Um, I don't yeah. think we'd really... I can't think... I mean, Hal in nine, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey is, like, the most famous rogue AI uh, to that point. Mm-hmm. But it is... I mean, that's an old movie. A lot of the audience for... I, I don't know that there'd be a lot of audience overlap between the two. So it, it still, I think, at this point would have been a fairly novel concept. Not not as done to death as it is now, at the very least. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, definitely uh, maybe new or, or something to raise an eyebrow or keep the audience a little bit more attention if there's not as much action going on in the background. Um, and just, you know, soak in the views. I mean, now we're spoiled with, like, shit like Avatar that came out and then just, I was like, oh, this is the new gold standard now when I it first com- came out. Or, and, and other animes as well I that have, came out. I have a related but. comment because I was looking on the wiki. Um, James Cameron called Ghost in the Shell. Uh, he described it as the <laughs> first truly adult animation film to reach a level of literary and visual excellence. Um, so yeah, James that Cameron might be quote. true. Well, I mean, it depends on your opinion of something like Akira, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know what Akira's about. I mean, I, it's I've, about I mean, a lot. I've there's seen, there's a lot Akira. of body horror. There's motorcycles. There's evil. There's a lot going on in Akira. Yeah. Is is Akira the one where they had, like, the climax is the... The giant baby monster, correct. The the giant thing that's exploding so or whatever. I will. I'll describe that... the movie Akira from what I from when I last saw it, which was uh, you know like a year ago, so not that far long ago. Um, bunch of punks hanging out. Um, mean they're doing punk things. Meanwhile, a couple of psychics escape from a secret uh, government facility. Uh, these two groups run into each other by chance and uh, uh, not. Uh, is it Tetsuo? I forget who, but one of them gets psychic powers uh, that slowly grow out of control as his friends try and like get to the bottom of that shit and uh, try and keep the government off their backs, if I remember that correctly. And then it just sort of keeps spiraling and spiraling and growing in scope until um, there's that big showdown at the end. Apparently, the Akira manga on which the movie is based was 2,000 pages. It's a, it's a big one. Holy and shit. it had a huge budget, especially for the time, of 1.1 trillion yen. Yeah. That, that, is, that is gigantic. Um, which surprised me that they never, I feel like they didn't, never did like a franchise with that. Just, Which was the equivalent of nine million dollars. Maybe there's a franchise in Japan, but I feel like it's just Akira. Like it's just that movie, and that was top of the line animation, fucking blowing people's minds. Like fucking scratch Ghost in the Shell, right? If you're watching Akira, like there was even less media around then, so yeah. that probably was one of your first experiences with anime, and you and you watch Akira. 
because I've seen it and like the animation is like fucking to the wall. Yeah. They go. I mean, a hundred percent. Like Akira, nineteen eighty eight. That's gotta be like the first, or is in that first wave of crossover in the West. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Castle Cagliostro. I don't know when the English of that came out. That was uh, earlier in the seventies. Yep. Um, Speed Racer. Eighty eight. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to sure. get into that, but People like eighty eight was that, that was, yeah. first wave of anime that came over. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, in that, well, it was eighty eight in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball and stuff coming over, but Akira, like this movie, this big budget really crisply animated thing like that i'm sure was the touchstone for the first generation of weebs fucking more than that i feel like it it almost like traumatized every anime watching like animator because they couldn't like it's seared in their brain because the like the akira slide and the akira explosion are like fucking key like it's almost like the wilhelm scream like yeah animators can't help but like throw that in there I will put uh, in the comments here yeah. a montage of every Akira slide, and it is, it is in everything. I I miss yeah, uh, I miscounted. It was only one point one billion. But uh, circling back to the movie we're actually reviewing here, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Um, it's eighty minutes that can be spent on better stuff, but also could be spent on worse stuff. Um, you can watch Akira, and. Or uh, you can watch Ghost in the Shell and something else in the time it would take you to watch Avatar The Way of the Water. <laughs> and I can't <laughs> yeah. say as though it would be a worse use of your time to watch Ghost in the Shell and another feature-length movie <laughs> rather than watch Avatar Way of the Water. If you want to live in the 90s, like if you want the 90s experience, I will say it because since it's hand-animated... It's it's gonna be this way. You know? Actually, it was a combination of CGI and traditional cell animation. Well, that's true. Those I mean, there are all those computer shots, which are definitely fucking yeah. CGI for sure. Um, but a lot. Of I read movie, the Wikipedia page before we started. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> the thing with hand animation is that they don't like upscale, like you know, like film does, right? Where you you can't uh, upscale yeah. it all the way up to master. Because now the details on the line work and stuff. But anyways, um, so it's going to retain that feel. So go to a dark room. Get dark room so it's just the glow of the TV. Get your get your little pizza rolls. Get a Coke and go watch uh, go watch Ghosts in the Shell. But like, if you go in the dark high, room, don't don't Ghost be too shell. don't be too sleepy because you might you might nod off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's that's Ghosts in the Shell, and that is. Uh, that's this year's edition of 90s Winter. Uh, we'll be putting out the Avatar Way of the Water review um, before next week's episode. Next week's episode will be uh, year-end, Saturn, Saturn Studley's year-end awards. Um, mm-hmm. All the all the stuff, uh, you know, best picture, most disappointing picture, uh, game of the year, um, the worst game of the year, most yeah. disappointing game of the year, um, pleasant surprise. All the standard categories that we do every year will be returning um, with some stiff competition in some fields and really not a lot of pickings in other fields. Yeah. Um, But be sure to tune in for that. It's always a fun time. 
And uh, I think that's a wrap for us on episode 346 or 47, whichever. Until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995, the year this movie came out. Peace. Bye-bye.